welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. Open a doorway to healing in your life. I'm your host, Dawn Damari. On this episode, my guest is Judy Miller, and she's an author, and her story is so powerful. I know you will enjoy listening to it, and her message of love and forgiveness is so needed in today's society, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Judy Miller, author, speaker, and coach. She is the author of Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Hi, Judy. Oh, it's great to be here, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. And we will talk about your book, and I have a few questions. But first, could you please share some of your story with our listeners. I read your bio and it was very powerful. Sure. So I'd love to start by asking you and your listeners three questions and you can answer them out aloud or to yourself if you'd like. But have you ever have you ever felt different like you didn't belong? Or maybe you felt incomplete always searching for someone or something outside of yourself to make you feel whole? And then the last question, maybe you were like me, you felt unworthy always having to prove yourself over and over again. Definitely. And uh, the reason I ask you and your listeners these questions is because these feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. I actually started my career as a CPA, and uh, then I went to work in finance in the healthcare industry for over 25 years. But I always carried this feeling of not being worthy or not being enough. But on this journey that I describe in my book, Perfect, I learned how to let go of all those negative feelings and stories and truly experience true and ultimate freedom and happiness. Wonderful. So, you know, in the introduction, you said that the subtitle to the book is called uh, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. And uh, there are so many different definitions of forgiveness, but for me, it's really, really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So I do think that painful and unwanted events are going to happen. We could either experience that event once, or we could literally play it over and over again until it becomes stuck. It Mm -hmm. becomes our identity. So for me, forgiveness really is just letting go of that negative contracted story so we can move forward in our lives and experience true freedom and happiness. Wonderful. And you're right about that. You can hang on to that story and it becomes part of your identity without even knowing it. And it's really hard to get out of that cycle. And I'm sure the listeners will be really happy to learn some tips on how to get out of that cycle. Absolutely. And I'd love to share them. Um, But to put everything into context, can I give you an overview of of the story so you can understand how everything fits together? Absolutely. So like many children, I had fears as a child. Um, One of my fears was actually the fear of drowning. And the other fear that I had was the fear, actually, it wasn't even a fear. It was more like a terror. I was terrified of the dark. And the reason I was terrified of the dark is I could literally feel different energies around me. And I didn't know if they were there to help me or to harm me. So as a child, this was extremely confusing. I literally would crawl into bed every night, pull the covers over my head, terrified. And I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until I literally would fall asleep exhausted. 
And this was my ritual night after night. And it actually continued well into my 20s. As I mentioned, I started my career as a CPA, had a very traditional career, very traditional lifestyle. But at night, I would crawl back into bed terrified of what I couldn't explain. And then I met my husband actually at work and we got married and we had two kids. And in the exhaustion of raising two incredible kids, working 40 to 50 hours a week and commuting three hours a day to work, in that exhaustion, Don, everything stopped. The fear, the terror, the different energies that I can sense and feel all stopped. But then my kids grew up and they went off to college and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. The fear, the pain, the trauma, everything returned. And I must have been, it must have looked quite comical to my neighbors because I literally would tiptoe around my house, afraid of what I might bump into, who I might bump into. And I would wake up at night clutching in fear at my husband. And soon we both actually began to lose sleep. And around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And um, my doctor recommended that I have a hysterectomy. And I was actually terrified of the surgery and I couldn't really understand why. But Dawn, it felt like the same terror that I had as a child and the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a good friend of mine actually recommended a book called Light Emerging by, uh, by Barbara Brennan. And Barbara was actually a former NASA physicist and she studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was actually able to heal people with her hands. So literally days before my surgery, I was Googling healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I literally heard the click of a lock. Like everything in my life was finally locking into place but I didn't know the role that that healer would play in my family's history. So my healer helped me heal from my hysterectomy. And in the following months, we started to explore this unexplainable fear, this unexplainable terror that I had of the night. We looked at my childhood experiences to see if anything had actually elicited it, but nothing came to light. And then she introduced me so, to some amazing work that I actually never even heard of before. She introduced me to past lives. Um, she introduced me to the work of Dr. Nice. Brian Weiss. Dr. Weiss was a very reputable, very um, well-known psychiatrist. He studied at Columbia. He studied at Yale. And he actually had a client named Catherine who had these unexplainable fears and phobias. And quite by accident, during a hypnosis session, he was actually able to take her back to past lives and they were able to uncover where those fears actually came from. And by understanding where the fears came from, she was actually able to be healed. So I found this all fascinating. And then my healer and I started to talk about our parents. We know that our parents have such a significant influence on our lives, and we know that we can inherit many traits from them, like the color of our hair, the color of our eyes, the shape of our nose, and other physical characteristics. But the science of epigenetics shows that we can actually inherit the pain and the trauma from our parents. So wow. they've, they've actually shown with Holocaust survivors where the pain and the terror that those Holocaust survivors experienced was actually passed down to their children and their grandchildren. And there was some recent studies that were done with mice. They would actually introduce the smell of cherry blossoms to the mice and then zap the mice. So Don, as you can imagine, after a while, just the smell of cherry blossoms would trigger that same fear. But what was really amazing was that the mice's children and their children would be triggered just by the scent of the cherry blossoms. That smell would trigger the wow. same fear and panic that their parents had. Um, so what we learned on this journey was that fear and that terror that I felt each night wasn't actually my own. It was actually a cellular memory from my mother. Um, it actually goes even further. They say every female baby is born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. 
and that for most of your mother's life, you were actually in there as an unborn egg. So on a cellular level, you experienced all of her triumphs as well as her traumas. Um, so that fear and that trauma that I felt every night was actually the cellular memory from my mother. But Don, wow. the story doesn't end there. There's actually a shocking past life connection to the very healer that I trusted in this lifetime to heal me. She was actually the person in a previous lifetime that actually inflicted the pain on my family. And I know that my story sounds unusual, maybe even uncommon. But in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, anger, or betrayal, but I didn't. All I felt was the immense love and perfection of the universe, and I saw how all of our souls are actually interconnected across lifetimes, and how we're unconditionally loved, and how we can choose to heal in any moment, in this lifetime or in any other. Um, so that's just an overview of um, the book Perfect. Wow. What an incredible story. And I really liked when you talked about the science of epigenetics. That was going to be one of my questions the cellular memory that we have of trauma from our ancestors and especially our mothers. If we're a female, we it's true. Our egg is, is there. I mean, the egg that made us part of us mm -hmm. <laughs> is there her whole life. Right. And that you is know, really fascinating. And as I mentioned, you know, in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, anger, or betrayal. I could have created a story that would have haunted me for the rest of my life but I didn't. I chose not to. And instead, I saw the miracle actually in the situation. So that journey was what taught me about our stories that limit us and how to truly let go of them. And with epigenetics, isn't that also how you can change your genetic destiny? I'm not sure if that also ties in with that. But that, you know, they say that with physical health, like you may be predisposed to some kind of ailment, but you can alter your lifestyle, your habits, and you may not end up getting it. It doesn't mean like, I'm predisposed, I think, to rheumatoid arthritis. I don't know if I particularly am, but it runs on the maternal side of my family. But if there's things you can do for your immune system to boost it and reduce your stress, and I may not get it. But I'm Absolutely. wondering if that's the same thing with emotional and spiritual aspects of life. I think that's a fantastic question, Don. So um, happiness set point. So Marcy Shimoff actually wrote the foreword to my book. And uh, she wrote a book called Happy for No Reason. And in the book, she talks about this happiness set point. And basically, it's like, you know, when you get on a scale and you tend to hover around a certain weight between yes. that five to 10 pound rate, when it's not COVID-19, of course, but <laughs> under normal circumstances. So a happiness set point is like that. We tend to hover around a certain level of happiness. And um, they've actually shown where like lottery winners and paraplegics, a year after the event happened, they actually returned to that same level of happiness. So it's that learned or genetic hmm. point of happiness that we tend to hover around and they're all different for each person. But what I found fascinating is that the happiness set point, 50% is actually genetic. 10% is actually our external circumstances, like our marital status or our level of wealth. And 40% is our thoughts, our stories, our labels, and our judgments. But as you were mentioning, the science of epigenetics shows that the 50% that's actually genetic could actually also be influenced by our thoughts and our habits of thoughts. Um, so Dr. Bruce Lipton wrote a 
book, great book called the, the Biology of Belief, and talks about how we can actually change some of those genetic predispositions that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely correct. We can actually change our destiny. That's wonderful. And it's so hopeful. A lot of times we really feel bound by our genetics and that's what you're taught of. That's it, you know, but it's not true. So yeah. that's really good to know. That's and it's, and it's important to learn how to let go of, you know, these stories and these, these labels yes. that we've attached to ourselves. You know, we were talking about happiness and unhappiness. Um, I do believe that we're in a pandemic of unhappiness. They say, mm-hmm. One fourth of all women are actually on antidepressants. And again, this is pre-COVID. So I'm sure these numbers are probably significantly different. But I was also shocked to learn that two thirds of adults have low self-esteem. So as children, first graders, 80% of first graders have high self-esteem. Can you guess by the time they get to high school what that number is? Hmm, 30%? 5%. 5%. Right. But the thing is, is we don't have to be stuck. We don't have to be stuck Mm -hmm. in that story or those labels or those patterns as we were talking about. We could actually change our life and we do have significant control. Wow. And that's incredible. Now for your book, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness and Transformation. Does that apply to all of us? And maybe a a little, a short summary of a short overview of, of the book. Sure. So I do think that you know, my, I do believe that my book and my story sounds a little unusual and uncommon, but I do believe it holds a promise for us all because I do believe that we all create stories that limit us. We all create stories that basically hold us prisoners in our lives. So, you know, we were talking about being unhappy and how we can change that. So I have an acronym that I use that helps me and maybe it'll help your listeners as well. The N, and I, I call it NEST, the N stands for notice or become aware of your stories. Oftentimes we repeat the same things over and over again. It's very habitual. We're on autopilot. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before. And 80% of them are quite negative. So as humans, we're hardwired. We're, We're hardwired to notice, remember, and retain the negative aspects of a situation. And this was critical millions of years ago when we were cavemen and cavewomen. It was critical for our survival, but we no longer live in that reality, right? So I believe the first step in disrupting those thoughts and those patterns is to become aware of it. Like I mentioned before, so many of us are on autopilot. We need to become aware of the stories that we're telling ourselves. We need to retrain our mind to focus on the positive not the negative, because we're no longer in fight or flight. So um, Emmett Fox, in 1935, he wrote a pamphlet called The Seven-Day Mental Diet. And he said, not having a negative thought for seven days is probably one of the most difficult things that you would ever do in life. But after those seven days, your life will be totally transformed. And again, this was written in 1935. But basically, he said, a negative thought is like an ember that lands on your shirt. And you've got to be able to notice it and flick it off before it actually causes a fire or a blaze. So Mm -hmm. Dawn, the first step is to really notice those stories that we keep telling ourselves. And then um, the E is to really experience our emotions in our bodies. And, And what I mean by that is so many of us are not trained to truly experience our emotions. 
Oftentimes as children, even as adults, we're told, you know, boys don't cry, big girls don't cry. There's so many labels and judgments about our emotions and our ability to feel them. So we're really not trained to actually feel our emotions. And oftentimes we actually think about them rather than feel them. So the E stands for truly feel the emotions in your body. Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor was a Harvard neuroscientist and she wrote a book called um, My Stroke of Insight. And she talks about the 90 second rule. And Dawn, she says, when an event happens, either good or bad, it takes 90 seconds for you to actually process and feel that event as sensations through your body and then let them go. After 90 seconds, it's up to you. You could either just let it go or you can start to create a story. You can create a, you know, an empowering story or you can create a limiting story. So when events happen, it's truly important to feel it in your body. Where do you feel it? And I know from my experience, from most of my life, I actually didn't feel events in my body. I actually thought about them. Um, so I invite your listeners to really truly experience and feel that in their body. And then the S is to scratch the record. So we know that as creatures of habit, we keep playing that same song, that same story over and over again, like the grooves in a record player. And we need to scratch that record so we can no longer play those negative stories that don't serve us. So I invite you to, you know, when you start to have a negative thought or story to, to say either cancel Claire, replace it with a more empowering story. You know, some people love to put rubber bands on their wrists and gently snap it every time they have that negative thought. Mm, and I think it works. And I think it works because it gets you out of your head and back into your body and it mm -hmm. disrupts the story. And then the last one is zany crazy thing. I learned this from Tony Robbins years and years ago, but it works so well for me. When my husband and I get into an argument and you're stuck in that story that you have to prove yourself and prove mm -hmm. you're correct, we just literally, whoever remembers for us, will literally lean over and grab the other person by the nose. And we just start laughing that we can't ever actually even remember what we were arguing about. So if you know that you have a negative cycle or a negative story, think of something zany or crazy that you're going to do tomorrow when that story starts to repeat itself that you're going to do. And you'll find that your story starts to get disrupted. And then just very quickly, the T stands for tender, loving care. I feel that, um, you know, many people feel unhappy, they feel alone, they feel isolated. And I don't really think it's because they're isolated from other people or each other. I believe a lot of the loneliness and isolation is because we've become disconnected from ourselves. We've abandoned ourselves emotionally, spiritually, as well as physically. You know, are we eating properly, exercising? You know, I know that nutrition is so important for you. Um, are we doing all of the right things? Are we meditating, walking in nature? Are we praying? Are we thinking of gratitude and loving situations? So there's so many things that we've not found the time to do for ourselves. So I do believe self-care and self-love is so important for us, especially, especially now. Yes. Um, because when we love ourselves more deeply, we have more love to give to others. Absolutely. That's a wonderful recap of, or sorry, a wonderful summary using, using those letters. I really like that. And so forgiveness, it seems to keep uh, coming up. It's in your book title and it's a theme. So why is forgiveness so powerful? So 
For me, forgiveness is just letting go of the contracted energies and the stories that don't serve us, right? And it's not condoning the actions of another person. It's really just getting you out of that cycle of victimhood so you can truly move forward and have freedom and have greater happiness and joy. So I think it's so important to to just reemphasize we're not condoning the actions of other people. It's just getting us out of that cycle of victimhood. And that's why it's so important. So when they say forgiveness is not about them, it's it's not for them, it's for you. That's what that's about. It's just to let go to, of the burden, maybe, of, of having that. Exactly. Exactly. And you said that perfectly. Um, I believe it's credited to so many different people, but I believe this quote is credited to Mandela, is one of the people, Nelson Mandela. He says, resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I believe that's mm-hmm. what not forgiving is like. We're holding mm-hmm. so much resentment and contraction in our bodies that the person that we're hurting is ourselves, not the other person. Right. You're right. Because if you can forgive, you let go. You're not, you don't condone what they do. You, you free yourself. And then you're no longer punishing your own body with those contracted feelings. Exactly. So, you know, I mentioned early on that we could either experience an event once. So the event's going to happen. We could either experience it once or we could literally play it over and over again. And that's what so many of us do. We play the same story over and over again until it literally becomes stuck. It becomes our identity. And why do we do this? Is there, is this just something within humanity that that we do this? Because it is very common. I've done it. A lot of other people have. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's really two things. You know, when I was talking about the acronym nest, I think it's because we were hardwired for survival to focus on the negative. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, like the fight or flight, but we don't, we don't, we don't live, we don't live in that reality anymore. Um, and then I think the other reason is, is because as humans, we're not truly experiencing the events of life in our body. And I know that it sounds very simple, And it really is. The more we do, it becomes simpler. So when something happens, truly take the time to feel it in your body. Acknowledge where you're feeling it. And I know this sounds strange, but because I've been doing this, you know, for several years now, whenever something happens, so say, for example, Dawn, you said something negative or potentially mean to me, I may feel a contraction in my body. So as I mentioned, I felt different for most of my life. And when people said hurtful things, it literally felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe. But what I've learned is that acknowledge that sensation. Don't deny it. Truly feel it. You know, that 90-second rule that uh, Dr. Jill Bolte talked about, truly acknowledge and feel it and then let it move through your body and let it go. I believe our bodies tell the truth. I believe our minds create stories that are not always true. And there's so many examples of when we do this. And I'll give you a really simple one. My next door neighbor was supposed to come over and she didn't. So all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what did I do wrong? She doesn't Mm -hmm. like me anymore. I must've offended her. (laughs) So I finally picked up the phone. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she said, oh, I thought it was for tomorrow. But we all do this. You see how quickly we focus on the negative? Mm-hmm. And I do familiar. Yeah, and I do think we could retrain our minds also by focusing in every moment on gratitude and love. So go through life. Thank you. 
Thank you. Truly be grateful for everything that's happening in your favor and spend 20 seconds truly experiencing that gratitude in your body. So don't just go around saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, universe, thank you. But really experience the gratitude of seeing a beautiful sunset or being able to wake up and have a house over our roof or food to eat. Truly be grateful and you will retrain your mind to start focusing on the positive versus the negative. Right. And that the gratitude for sure, waking up, it's a good idea or like to wake up and think of three things that you're grateful for rather than wake up and read the news, especially lately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To train your mind to, so then you're going to start thinking of all the good things rather than all the things you can't do right now or all the things that we're afraid of right now. Let's focus on, well, I have food, I have shelter. If it's, even if it's that basic, there's a lot more. I have a family, whatever it is that we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, everybody's a little different. I actually do my three at night before I go to bed. Oh, that's a, that's a good one too. Because then this way I have the day to remember, you know, what were the different things that I was grateful yes. for. So it could um, be at night too. Some people, for me, it's morning, but I think yeah. night. Yeah. Cause I can find that I can totally get off track just by thinking the wrong thoughts in the morning, mm-hmm. but I could see that nighttime could also do the same thing. But I love, I love the morning, you know, like you said, you wake up and you have a mindset that will carry, carry with you for the rest of the day. So that's beautiful. And actually, if you want to be really happy, you could do it in the morning and the night. That's true. Yeah. That's (laughs) what I would, that's another, that's another thing you could do it at night and in the morning, because in the morning you can also just be really rushed and you don't have time to think about it. But before bed, you have a little bit more time and maybe your dreams could be You could even get, you know, imprinted in your brain through your dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my, one of my mentors, Deborah Poneman, she's the founder of Yes, Success. She literally goes around all day, all day saying thank you to everything. That's great. And uh, she's probably one of the happiest people I've ever met. I bet. I bet. And so with these stories, so the way to disrupt them would be to be grateful and to forgive and let go. And also experience, you know, the sensations of life in your body. Okay. That's critical. Absolutely. So and feeling like letting the feelings go, letting, even if it's hurtful, letting it, feeling the hurt, but then saying, okay, now it'll pass and not holding it in. Because we often take opinions of others and, and especially when we're younger, I know I did this a lot when I was younger, if they would say something mean, I wouldn't just let it stay in my body. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't let it just hurt and leave. I would leave imprint it. And it said, well, it must be true. And I don't know how to, as I've gotten older, I I don't think like that as much, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I know when I was younger, I did. Yeah. I don't know how people can get, can get rid of it, the imprint. And, and, and I think it's extremely important to get rid of the imprint. Cause like you said, it does stay with you for a very long time. So that's yes. actually why, um, the story, the, the book is called, um, you know, a path to love, forgiveness and transformation, the subtitle. And, um, so what happens is when we don't fully feel and process the emotions, they do get stuck in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned Barbara Brennan's work. Um, she studied the human energy field and we all have a human energy field and science could actually take pictures of it. They could measure it. And, uh, I believe they say it can extend like nine feet from your heart. You have this human energy field. So what happens is the emotions and the stories that we don't fully process because we're afraid to process them. And sometimes we're afraid just because it's, we haven't experienced it before. 
But remember, if you truly experience it and you can let it go after 90 seconds, it won't be that bad. So what happens is when we don't fully process these emotions, they become stuck, literally become blocks in our human energy field. And it distorts the way that we look at the world. So for example, really, really simple, simple analogy. And you might've heard this before. What happens when you put on pink glasses? Everything becomes pink, right? Yes. And it's wonderful. Right. <laughs> right. So what happens is when we don't fully process and acknowledge these emotions and these feelings, they become stuck like blocks in our energy field and it distorts our ability to see the world accurately. So one of the things that I think that's so important, you know, we talked about how to start letting go and forgiving those stories by noticing them, experiencing them in the body, scratching the records, tender love and care. But also another practice that I talk about in my book is the power of prayer. And it's not religious. So there's two prayers actually included in my book. One is the Ho'oponopono, and you may have heard of it. I don't know if you have. It's become it's become more popular recently because Dr. Joe Vitale and Dr. Hugh Lin wrote a book called Zero Limits. And it's actually an ancient Hawaiian, Hawaiian prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's very simple. It goes, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. So you can close your eyes and you can actually imagine on a stage in front of you, the situation, the people, the events that you know you feel contracted about that you haven't been able to let go of. And it could actually be even yourself because I believe that sometimes the hardest thing for us is to forgive ourselves. So you could imagine all of these things, situations in front of you, and you can recite the Ho'oponopono prayer. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you throughout the day. And you will start to begin to feel these stories and these judgments and these labels start to soften. And um, Dawn, I didn't hear whether or not you're familiar with how uh, the story, do you know the story about um, the Ho'oponopono prayer? I don't know the story. I've heard the prayer mm -hmm. and I've heard of Ho'oponopono, but I don't know the story. So, so in Zero Limits, Drs. Joe Vitale and Dr. Hewlin wrote about Dr. Hewlin's experience with the Ho'oponopono prayer. So he used to be a kind of like psychiatrist in a criminally insane ward. And a lot of the patients there had to be shackled because they were so violent. And what he did is instead of interacting with the patients because it wasn't safe to do so, he would literally every day pick up all of the files. Each, each patient had a file and he would spend a couple of minutes holding, looking at the file and saying the Ho'oponopono prayer. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And he would do this. And after a year, they were actually able to remove all the shackles from these individuals. And after three years, they were actually able to close the facility. Wow. So through the power of forgiveness, they were actually able to heal these individuals. Amazing, right? And yes. then um, the other one that's in my book is called The Forgiveness Prayer by John Newton. He's the founder of Health Beyond Belief. And again, it's not religious. He says if you're, you know, you, you kind of have a negative connotation to the word prayer, you can call it a forgiveness recipe. And basically what he does is he, it's a three-step process, I believe. This is how I summarize it. He has you feel into a sensation. So Don, if you were to think of a negative situation in your life, and your listeners can do that, right? A negative situation in your life, where do you feel it in your body? And he tells you to truly experience it. 
And then an image or a memory will come to you as you're experiencing that station in your body. And sometimes it feels like you're actually making it up. It could actually be from this lifetime. It could be from when you were in the womb, remember, as that, you know, as that as that cellular memory from your mother, you could actually be from a past life. And he asks you to just, what's the first memory that comes to you? And what were you saying in that moment? So I believe three very important things are happening. You're acknowledging that sensation in your body. You're giving a voice to that younger version of yourself that perhaps never had that voice. And then he says this forgiveness prayer that helps to soften and release those pains and those traumas that get trapped. Because when we don't release those stories, they do get trapped in our bodies and do actually manifest as pain and as trauma. Um, I don't know, you know, the late Louise Hay who founded Hay House. Mm -hmm. So she talked about this in her early work. She wrote the books, um, You Can Heal Your Life, You Can Heal Your Body. But those pains and those traumas actually get attached to certain parts of our bodies and cause literally sickness. So this is just a, a, a gross generalization. And, and John Newton teaches similar things as well. When you have a pain in your elbow, oftentimes it means you feel unsafe. If you have issues with your knees or your legs, it's because you feel stuck and you can't move forward in your life. Or shoulder issues could be because you're carrying too much burden or you feel mm -hmm. unsupported in your life. Um, so our, our bodies literally like, our body is so intelligent. It's literally like a human blueprint of how different stories and traumas get stuck and how they manifest. So in Perfect, I'm so grateful John actually allowed me to reprint his forgiveness prayer, his forgiveness recipe, so people could actually use it and benefit from it in their own lives. Wonderful. That's wonderful. So that will really help people disrupt the stories and move on and create better stories. <laughs> Absolutely. Or maybe sometimes no stories at all. No stories. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> now, we had talked about, you know, our current period of time. It's a period of, of isolation or it's a period of, of strife or however you want to look at it. You know, it's very easy to feel very alone, alone right now, unloved. You feel stuck. You can't accomplish things. Um, some, a lot of stuff is on hold. What can we do to help our, ourselves through this, especially when we don't know an end time? Mm -hmm. Right. Great question. And I guess, um, I guess I have two parts to the question. I'd love to share another story from the book sure. and, and how it relates to COVID-19 and then what people sure. could do. So as I was working with my healer, trying to figure out where this terror of the night was coming from, she, 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 she suggested that I actually do a hypnosis. You know, maybe there's something in my past that I just don't remember. And maybe through hypnosis, it'll help bring it to light. So I said, yes. And as I was laying on her healing table, I literally felt like I was ascending first through like this purple haze and then out into this bright white light. And I've always been fascinated with near-death experiences, and it actually sounds like a near-death experience, but I was not dying. Maybe I was dying with my eyes wide open, but I ascended into this bright white light, and I was surrounded by this overwhelming sense of love. Every sense of love that you could even imagine multiplied a million times was just literally pouring through my body, and I just started to cry because it was so overwhelming, I couldn't hold it in my body. And the message that I got in this experience was not just a message for me. It was a message for everyone. 
And the message was, we can all come home. We could all come home by loving and accepting who we are exactly as we are. Mm -hmm. The joy is in the reunion, in the remembrance of who we are. And the reason I wanted to share that story with you and your listeners is because, isn't it funny that during COVID-19, we're being sent home? And I believe, I believe it's the universe's way of saying it's time to reconnect with the creator, the God of our understanding, Mm -hmm. but also time for us to reconnect with who we are, the true essence of who we are, which is love. And, And as I mentioned earlier, so many of us have abandoned ourselves, you know, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And now is our time to really reconnect and spend time with ourselves. Um, So that's the first part. I know it was a long part, but I know that was the first part to answer your question. And then the second one, I actually discovered quite by accident, again, laying on the healing table. So my healer would work on me for 15 to 45 minutes every week when we got together and I had nothing to do. So I would lay there with my eyes closed and I would imagine people that I loved. And Dawn, you can do this right now with me and your listeners could do it right now if they feel safe to do so. Um, But if you close your eyes, picture something that you love. It could be a person. It could be a significant other. It could be a friend. It could be your children. It could even be your pet. I know that when I think about my dog, he makes me laugh. He thinks he's a cat. He acts like a cat. So whenever I think of him, he just brings me so much joy. It's funny. I have a cat. I was thinking of a cat too. And my my cat, (laughs) one of my cats acts like a dog and thinks like a dog. It's funny. Oh, wow. That is funny. Those two would be interesting pair, but yes. (laughs) And it makes me laugh. And I have a lot of images of love, but yeah. 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 So as you picture your cat or any other image, truly experience it. So when I close my eyes, I don't see anything. I see almost Mm -hmm. blackness. So for me, I experience it and I invite you to do the same thing. So if you can visualize it, see it, but what also, what are you hearing? What are you feeling in your body? Are you laughing? Like you said, do you feel your heart expanding? What are you hearing, tasting, touching? And then as you experience that, bring in another memory. It could be the first sunset that you've ever seen or the sunset that you saw today. It could be the first snowfall. I remember the first snowfall that I ever saw. It could be the first time you held your children. It could be the first kiss and bring in picture after picture, memory after memory and truly fully experience it. And then my mentor said that you could even amplify it even more, you know, Take that sensation that's coursing through your body and multiply it 10 times more. And then put your hand on your heart and say, this is for me. This is me because the essence of who we are is love. And we can create that overwhelming sense of love in any moment, at any time. It's not dependent on anyone or anything. So when we do feel isolated at home and maybe alone during COVID, this is something that we can do at any time to really truly feel love because our bodies and our minds don't know the difference between the sensation that we just felt in our minds and created just now and one that we actually just experienced. Wow. So I think it's really powerful. That is really powerful. That's really amazing. That's something that people can do because yeah, a lot of people will need that now. And speaking of love, a couple other questions, but what is what do you define as unconditional love? We hear that term a lot thrown around, but what do you think is the true definition of that? So remember when I was telling you my story 
And again, I, I do appreciate that it does sound a little uncommon. No. I said, in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, anger, or betrayal, but I didn't. All I felt was incredible love and the perfection of the universe. So in my story, and just to give you a little bit more details, my mom was actually, um, my mom was actually raped when she was 12 years old. So that pain and that terror that I felt at night was the same terror that she felt at night. And I actually didn't know this until recently when my book <laughs> came to light. Wow. But the healer that I was working with in this lifetime was actually the person that inflicted the pain in a past life. And in that moment, I saw how unconditionally loved and accepted we are by the creator because we were given the opportunity at the point of transition. And I actually saw all of this during this experience at the point of our transition as I mentioned before, I've always been fascinated with near-death experiences. At the point of our transition, in many NDEs, you hear about people getting to see their life in review, literally within seconds. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was in that moment of transition, we get to pick the one thing that we would come back and do differently. It's almost like a reset, a redo. We get to come back and do the one thing that we would do differently to heal ourselves and to heal all of the people that we may affected. And for me, the definition of unconditional love was the experience that I had, that the creator, the God of our understanding loves us so unconditionally that no matter what we do, we get a chance to heal. That's wonderful. And now the last question I have, you mentioned you're our true selves. Uh, we've seemed to have lost touch with that. And this time during COVID-19, we could we have an opportunity to connect with our true selves. And we, you've talked about a few different ways, but is, are there any other ways we we can connect with that true self, our true essence, not what's been shaped by external influences or by our own negative thoughts, but our true actual self. Mm -hmm. So two parts to your answer. So that exercise that we went through before about feeling those sensations of love, Yes, we are love. So that's one great way to just reconnect with ourselves. And I think I went through so many incredible experiences. And I think the reason I was able to do so was because quite by accident, when I was doing this exercise, I literally opened up my heart. And when your heart is wide open, miracles do happen. That was one, one very powerful way. I actually have a free ebook and actually some, many of the exercises are actually imperfect, but I have a free ebook on my website, Judy with an I, Miller.net. It's called Awaken the Creator Within. No purchase necessary. You can just go and get it. And there's some very simple exercises to reconnect with who we really truly are. So right. I'll tell you the first three really quickly. The first one is everything is energy, right? Our yeah. thoughts, our bodies, everything is energy. So we need to move because we are energy. And so many of us feel stuck and stagnated in our lives, stuck in the stories of our lives, stuck in the cycles. But what I found is when I felt stuck and stagnated in my life, it was because I wasn't moving. My energy was literally stuck. So that's one thing, one simple thing. The second thing is create for we are the creator. We are a creative life force. So we need to be creative. And when we don't create, that can also manifest as pain and sickness in our bodies. You could do singing, dancing, you know, adult coloring was extremely popular. I play the classical guitar, but Dawn, it doesn't even have to be that. It could even be even simpler because we want simple solutions, right? It could be the creativity of how I dress or the foods that I prepare for my family or how I decorate my house. 
It could be so many different things, but we need to create because we are a creative life force. And then the last one, just really quickly, um, sing and let your spirit find its voice. For most of my life, I had problems speaking. I had problems expressing myself. I had problems finding my voice. And I do believe I got this from my mother because she was told never to speak of the trauma that she went through. So for most of my life, I felt this. Um, so my healer told me to sing <laughs> by singing. It opens up our chakras mm -hmm. and, um, it opened up my heart chakra, certain songs, certain different things open up our, our different chakras. And because I had problems finding my voice, I would literally before a presentation at work, I would sneak out into the parking lot. I would get into my car, turn on the radio, start singing, and then go I back, like sneak back into the office and then do my presentation. So not only did it open my voice, but the forward momentum mm -hmm. of singing would just keep me speaking. And I really do believe that the throat chakra is all about manifesting our purpose in life. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. That'll be really helpful for people and they can get the rest of your ebook on your website. So that's Judy Miller with an I. So J U D I Miller.net. So it's not.com, it's.net. Yeah, absolutely. Right there. And then also, Don, you know, if they buy the book perfect, um, five of my favorite mentors have actually offered up five free bonuses on how people could experience more joy, freedom, happiness, and success. And, and the reason that, um, we're offering it as part of the purchase of the book is because their work helped me to really understand this experience that I went through in the book. And I want people to be able to do the same things in their own lives. Wonderful. That's a, that's a wonderful gift. And now people can purchase the book. I'm assuming on Amazon. I saw it there. Correct. And they could also, if they go to my website, the reason I tell people to go to my website is it actually takes them back to Amazon and you can actually buy the book and any reputable retailer, except the ebook is exclusive to Amazon. But if you go to my website, um, it takes you to Amazon, but you can claim all your free bonuses right there instead oh. of having to go between different sites. So that's the only reason I recommend that. And now people can also work with you as a coach. You're a coach as well for this type. Correct. This type of stuff. Correct. Okay, so, but, uh, but my book just came out. My book just came out not too oh, long nice. ago. And I really feel the need to really just share the message with people because I mm -hmm. feel so many people feel many of the burdens that I carried around for most of my life. And I just oh, yeah. really wanted to show them that there is hope and, a di and hope and a different way to live. Um, so most of my time spent right now is really just uh, speaking with special people like yourself who are changing the world. Well, thank you. And you're definitely changing the world. This is really needed, not just now, all the time. Mm, thank so. you so much. And now, so we mentioned your website and all your contact info is on there because I found it. Yeah, all my social media handles are there. I do have a monthly blog as well. Nice. So that's also on the website. Yeah. Nice. And now before we sign off, is there anything you want to share with my listeners? I believe that once we change our perspective, everything changes, life changes. We can no longer look at life the same way. So when they read perfect, I hope they, I hope it touches their heart. I hope it changes their lives because um, what if life was one huge interconnected puzzle with no wrong pieces, each piece perfect and part of the whole. And I think that's what we are. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for 
joining me today and, and sharing all this, this great information. And it's, it's really fascinating. I, re- I really enjoyed it. And I feel really peaceful after <laughs> hearing all this because, you know, we all carry these, this, these burdens within us. So I already feel a little lighter. <laughs> well, well, it, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And I appreciate the opportunity for sharing uh, my story with your listeners. And, you know, you have a very peaceful, calming voice. So thank you. <laughs> you do it. You do as well. <laughs> thank you. You do for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I hope, I know you're on the East Coast, so I'll say, hope you have a good evening. Thank you so much. Thanks again. This has been a blessing. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost and we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance, and specialty margaritas. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Please get in contact with me at teaspoonofhealing.com if you have any questions for me or for Judy, or if you want to be a guest on the show, or if you have any ideas. And you can also find me on social media. Instagram is at teaspoonofhealing and facebook.com slash teaspoonofhealing. And if you haven't subscribed, you can do so on your favorite platform.